Get ready to listen, learn, and earn CE hours. This podcast features content from an accredited CE activity provided by Calibri Healthcare. Visit EliteLearning.com slash podcasts for accreditation and disclosure statements and instructions on how you may be able to earn CE credits. I guess initially I, I thought that I was going to be able to learn all of these amazing things and all of these amazing treatments and all these amazing methodologies and be able to tell people what they needed to do or you know, tell them how to fix what was going on. And I think the thing that I value the most about nursing was that I, I really learned that what I want doesn't necessarily matter. I can help them to engage with what's most important to them. And through all those things that I learned, through all those methodologies, through all that stuff, I can help to find better ways for them to get there. But I'm not driving, I'm not driving the ship. I'm just trying to help them get there. I'm trying to help them navigate that. And I think that was a a really good um, thing for me to learn within nursing. Hello, everyone. My name is Leanna McGuire, and I will be your host for this Elite Learning podcast series, Second Careers in Nursing. During this episode, we'll have a conversation with Jesse Kennedy, who is a nursing practice consultant for the Oregon Nurses Association. Hi to you, Jesse. How are you? Good, good. How are you? Good, good. So before we get started on what you're doing now, which sounds really intriguing, what was your first career? Uh, so my first career was in construction. Um, uh, my, my stepdad was a general contractor. So really from the time I was able to <laughs> go to the job site and uh, you know pick stuff up and sweep, I, I was doing that. Um, I started doing that full time in high school, like my junior year. Um, back and forth between school and, and work and that kind of stuff. Um, but yeah, I did that uh, for for quite a while until, until I was ready to do what I wanted to do. Okay. And when did you graduate from nursing? Uh, I graduated uh, from my associate's program in 2013. 2013. Okay. And how long you said you'd been in construction since high school? Yeah. Um, yeah, through most of the any free time I had in high school, and then full time uh, once I graduated, that was two thousand two. Okay, and um, you said that you finally decided to do what you wanted to do. So, was this something that had always called your name, nursing, or did it present itself to you at one point? Yeah, I mean, I, so during high school, actually, I was able to uh, participate in a, a fundraiser for the Children's Miracle Network, oh, wow. which was one of the most amazing things that I had ever had the opportunity to do. And it was um, the premise of it was initially kind of silly. I mean, basically it was like we raised money, but then we had to do like a, a like skits and like a, a pageant thing, which is, which is kind of funny. Uh, but the important thing was that we got to go visit um, the, the children in the neonatal intensive care unit. Oh, wow. And that was a pretty amazing experience to, to be able to see, all of those um, babies who would not have been able to survive otherwise, except for the care of those nurses who were working with them directly. So um, being able to see them was, was a pretty impactful um, situation. And then once I had had um, my daughter, I felt like it was, it was, um, I don't know, I guess disingenuous of me to be able to keep telling her that she could do whatever she wanted to do. Uh, when I, 
kept doing what everybody else wanted me to do rather than what I wanted to do. So nice. That was kind of the point where I had, I knew I had to do something else. Good for you. That sets a great example for her. And, uh, you know, you get to fulfill your life's passion. So a uh, neonatal thing can really have an impact. So that's a great story. You could have turned into an actor after the skits. I mean, could have gone <laughs> it, any direction. It, it wasn't that good. It's <laughs> not that good. It was pretty ridiculous. Really. <laughs> okay. Well, talk to us about this, uh, the area of nursing you're in currently and, and what made you choose that route. Sure. So um, I'm, as a nursing practice consultant for the Oregon Nurses Association, basically I, I mostly focus on the staffing law. So uh, working with nurses to, to better understand what the staffing law says, um, how they can interact with it, how they can create better staffing plans, um, working with them to, to build up their uh, skills, their boardroom skills. So like how to um, work with Robert's Rules, Parliamentary Procedure, that kind of stuff. So that when they're in those those types of settings, they use those rules that they can understand the flow of things, so that they can they can move effectively through them. And that also uh, works directly with um, shared governance committees and things like that. Uh, and then I also do a lot with continuing education. So I, I do a lot of um, creating content specific for um, things like well. Parliamentary procedure. I'm kind of a parliamentary procedure Roberts rules uh, geek with that kind of stuff. So those sorts of things. So prepping nurses before they go to like um, the membership assembly or conventions and that kind of stuff to help them understand, you know, what what that means when there's a motion and then there's an amendment to the motion and then there's an amendment to the amendment and all that kind of stuff. Right. Um, and then I also work a lot uh, in general with um, helping nurses to become familiar with legislation, uh, community involvement to help uh, coordinate between uh, ONA and other community organizations, and basically working towards finding those areas where ONA um, and nurses in general in Oregon can interact with other members of the community and utilize their uh, specialty. That's kind of where I got involved with the professional um, association was was working with the community and trying to find that bridge. Right. And you've been on both sides. I, I, I know you have uh, experience in boardrooms, definitely, and uh, on boards and clinically. So you can speak to both sides. That's fantastic. Are there other areas within nursing that you're interested in exploring at some point? Um. That's a good question. I mean, I, I really liked working in the ICU. I really liked uh, working with with those patients and those families, especially. I think I, I ultimately just felt like it was difficult with the skill set that I had at the time to be able to really make a difference in, in the nursing profession. Um, knowing what I know now, I realized I could have you know, had, had a broader impact um, than what I had thought at the time. Uh, but I've been trying to find those uh, those positions where I could make the biggest impact. And so that's where I came here um, to my current position. And so I'm not sure what that could look like afterward, but I think uh, right now I'm working uh, towards my PhD. So continuing right. to increase my education and continuing to uh, be able to understand those data points, which are always really important for those discussions, whether it's the boardroom or a uh, one-on-one -on -one conversation with managers or with nurses to be able to point to those data points and say, this is, this is really why we have to do X, Y, or Z, because this is what the data is saying, rather than trying to 
I don't know, turn the data around to, to fix, to, to support a point, you sure. know, confirmation bias, we really want to utilize data to show where we should go. So that's really right. kind of where I'm moving towards at the moment. Excellent. Excellent. Speaking of education, what kind of preparation did you have to do for nursing coming out of construction? Did you have a fast track or did you have to get prerequisites or what did that look like for you? So I started at um, my community college here. Uh, I did about a year and a half of prerequisites uh, and then applied to the nursing program, which was honestly like the scariest thing I've ever done of applying for uh, nursing programs. And it was uh, it felt pretty scary at the time to be to have to go to a, a, an interview and then a group interview. And then also we had um, to sit down at a computer. And as soon as we sat down, we had, I think it was two hours and they gave us four questions and said we had to write essays on three of them. And then they would be making the decision based upon those essays. So wow, it was a lot of, um, I don't know, craziness and, and trying to buckle down and figure out what it is that I really wanted to do because the, the bar was set pretty high. Uh, there was, I don't I think there was probably somewhere around 1200 people that were applying that year. And they only let 63 in the program that year because of faculty. So it was pretty intense. Uh, but yeah, it, when I finally got in, it was the, the two year associates degree uh, with uh, clinical time built in with all of that. And then as soon as I graduated, um, I was one of the first students in ACNI, which is what we call it in um, Oregon, which is the Oregon Consortium of Nursing Educators. So basically, as a associate's degree nurse, I was able to transfer in directly to a, a RN to BSN program. So I was able to work as a nurse with my associates. Uh, I started in the float pool, which was an amazing experience to be able to go to all those different areas. and. Yeah. And try to figure out what what I liked, what I what I didn't like, uh, but at the same time, I was still able to do the RNDBSN program online through the through that whole time. Wow, wow, that's fantastic! That is great, and I love that you're working on your PhD. You're a busy man. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> now, any skills from your construction days that you've brought that have transitioned into the nursing career, or? Um. Yeah, I think. Being able to work with others and 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 start every day with a with a plan with a goal for for what you want to do for the day, I think uh, in general that's like that's a pretty common um, thing that I think you would hear from from people who are in construction. I think it was also there's also an additional level um, since my stepdad was you know everybody's boss was that it was always more difficult to to be able to prove myself all of the time to, to show that I did belong there and that I, I wasn't the foreman just because I, I actually knew what I was doing. And um, so there was a lot of uh, leadership without leading, without trying to just be the person in charge, I guess. Um, it wasn't, I think I, I, I excelled or I learned how to engage with them and, and lead from example and lead through engagement rather than telling them what to do. You know, we would sit down and um, come up with a plan for the day, you know, decide when we were going to do stuff together rather than, you know, hammering everything down on them to say, this is what we're going to do. And, and that sort of leadership style, I really was able to 
develop a leadership style that kind of tried to pull on everybody's strengths and, and figure out how we all can get to where we need to go without trying to say, well, I'm the boss and this is how we're going to do it. We just figured it out together. So I think that was probably the biggest thing, which initially seemed really scary, <laughs> but um, ended up ended up helping quite a bit. Yeah, that's a great experience. Excellent. And um, do you still dabble in construction? Are you the one people come to for repairs or? <laughs> yeah, definitely. I mean, and actually now it's a lot of fun. Now I enjoy it again. Yeah. Um, it definitely got to the point where it was no longer any fun. Yeah. Yeah. Now I get to go down and play at the shop and that's kind of my, that's kind of my Zen time is to go and build stuff and play with stuff and be able to experiment in, in new ways with, with wood and stuff that I had never got to before. I mean, it was always so focused on, you know, you work from dawn till dusk and you get as much stuff done as you can. And there wasn't a lot of time for creativity and fun, but now there's. Right. Fun. Right. So speaking of your stepdad and the rest of your family, what was the reaction when you went to them and said, you know what, I don't want to do this anymore. I'm going to go into nursing. Um, yeah, it wasn't, it wasn't great. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, my mom was very supportive. Most of my family was very supportive. My stepdad did not like it at all. Um, in his mind, I was leaving him high and dry. It was oh. either I was with him or I was against him. So it was, that was definitely a really difficult period. But I think if it hadn't been that difficult, then it would have not as benefited me as much as it did for getting through school with all of the engagements with patients who are upset and there's nothing you can do about it. So I think that was really helpful for me to go through that. At the time, it didn't seem like it was helpful at all. It was pretty rough. But sure. um, looking back on it, I think it was really helpful for dealing with what nurses normally deal with in the healthcare system, which is, you know, we're doing the best that we can. And we're sorry, but you know, this is kind of where we are and trying to figure out where we can um, help people get from where they are right now to where they want to go in the best way that we can. And there's never really going to be a right answer and it's never going to be easy. Right. And kudos to you for sticking to that path. Uh, some may have buckled under that kind of pressure. So kudos to you. And I would assume, and maybe I shouldn't, but I would assume that he's probably come around at this point. Kind of? Kind of. Okay. <laughs> we'll leave it at that. <laughs> Kind of. Okay. Let's get back to your nursing career. And I'd love to know from you what you have found to be the most rewarding. I guess initially I, I thought that I was going to be able to learn all of these amazing things and all of these amazing treatments and all these amazing methodologies and be able to tell people what they needed to do or, you know, tell them how to fix what was going on. And I think the thing that I value the most about nursing was that I, I really learned that what I want doesn't necessarily matter. I can help them to engage with what's most important to them. And through all those things that I learned, through all those methodologies, through all that stuff, I can help to find better ways for them to get there. But I'm not driving, I'm not driving the ship. I'm just trying to help them get there. I'm trying to help them navigate that. And I think that was... A, a really good um, thing for me to learn within nursing. And I think that's probably my favorite thing is trying to help uh, patients and, and nurses now more specifically um, to be able to get it to get to where it is that they want to go. And then at the same time, um, 
when they do figure that out, like when you see that light bulb turn on, I think that is one of the most amazing feelings in the world to help them have just figured out what it is that they want to do or help them figure out what it is that they're looking for. And sometimes it takes a while and sometimes it's it's a lot of listening and it's a lot of engaging and, and trying to hear where they're coming from and try to uh, hear what they say and to repeat it in a, in a different way that helps them to even understand what they're saying. But I think that's probably the most rewarding is to be able to see that light that, that turns on where they realize, oh, that's, that's what it is that I was trying to say. That's what it is that I want to do. And it's generally just listening and trying to engage and trying to understand them better. Is that what led you to the nursing practice consultant role, wanting to pay it forward in that way? Yeah, I think so. I think I think being able to engage with nurses and to understand where they are right now and to try to help them get to that place where they feel empowered, where they feel engaged. I think when I left the bedside initially, I was feeling pretty um, disenfranchised, pretty pretty powerless, pretty yeah. hopeless. So the the reason why I am where I am now is that it, it it helps with the process to be able to engage with those nurses and to be able to show them that there there is an avenue you can engage. This this is a career, this is a profession, this isn't just a job. You have the ability to control your practice. That that is what separates um, nursing from from a lot of other careers is that we do dictate our practice. The board of nursing is made up of nurses. Right. And if, if there's something that is really important to you, then it's equally important that you are sharing that with everyone else. If you're really excited about, I don't know, vaccine clinics, I think that was one of the things that was really important to me when I was first starting in nursing school, then you can do those things. You can engage, you can find the resources and they're out there to be able to engage in what it is that, that you're excited about. Right, right. I wish I'd known you when I was a young nurse. That would have helped me a lot <laughs> for real. Because <laughs> I there's certain I mean, I know there's quite a few people that feel that sense of being disenfranchised. So that's uh, I love what you're doing. Um so I know you've told me what's been the most rewarding. What has been the most surprising for you about nursing? I think the thing that has been the most surprising has been how to how to engage in a meaningful way that that really um, impacts everyone. I think I think it's it's fairly easy to to do the one offs and and to engage one on one with people, but it's it's fairly difficult to be able to do that on, on a larger scale and still get everyone what they want. I guess, I guess I feel like I've always existed in, in my little bubble where I think that these are the things that I'm really passionate about, or these are the things that I find are really important. And it's, it's very difficult to reach a, reach a place where everybody is equally excited about an outcome. So right. we can always get some right. people the things that they want. We can always, um, help some people to find the end of, of what it is they're looking for, but there's always going to be people that, that aren't happy about it. And it's always difficult to try to juggle all of those things to find an outcome that everybody's happy with. And unfortunately that's 
generally not possible. And I really yes. kind of thought that, well, once I get into nursing, like everybody's going to think the same way. Everybody's going to be really excited about preventative care. Everybody's going to be really excited about, um, you know, advancing nursing practice in the best way possible, like working at the top of their license. And, you know, not everybody is, and that's okay. So I think that was probably the most surprising thing was, you know, sometimes people just like to go to work and go home and that's entirely okay. But I think coming into it, I thought that everybody was just as crazy and gung-ho as I was. So <laughs> you never know. I mean, everybody has their different priorities. So I think that was probably the, the biggest surprise. Biggest surprise. I know you also have experience as an educator. Um, did you always see yourself in that kind of a role as well? It's kind of funny. No. Uh, <laughs> but in high school, I was voted most likely to become a faculty member, which I thought really? at the time was like the craziest thing. Like, why would, <laughs> I thought it was a joke. Like, why would everybody do that to me? But, you know, <laughs> looking back on it, that's kind of always where I've been. Um, I initially thought I wanted to be a history teacher. Uh, and then I realized not everybody is Indiana Jones. There's really only one Indiana Jones. So that's true. Probably, yeah. probably wasn't the, the best path. <laughs> um, but yeah, I think for some reason, that's always where I've kind of uh, felt the most comfortable is trying to understand things. And then I, I feel like I also understand things a lot better after I help other people understand them as well. So even if oh. you know, I, I can read whatever, but once once I help somebody else understand it, I understand it a, a million times better. Isn't that the truth? Were you initially comfortable with, with um, teaching or was that kind of a stretch? initially? I mean, I guess from like a formal perspective, yes, but I've always thought of it more as like a, a conversation or engagement with other people to, to find out where they are, to find out their understanding of something, to share my understanding of, of whatever the topic is, and then to learn from each other. Um, from that perspective, I think I've always been comfortable with it. Um, but I definitely, when I became a clinical nurse educator, it there was this more I don't know, it, like formal role, I guess you could you could say, um, where it felt like I was supposed to stand in front of a room and just talk at people, but I was never really good at talking at people. So I'm much more comfortable, even if I have to stand in the front of the room, I'd rather talk with people and engage with everyone, um, have conversations and, and show what it is that, you know, maybe that I've learned about it. So show me what you've learned about it or tell me what you've learned about it. So I think... I've always, I feel slightly uncomfortable with the, the formal role, but I think at the same time, we can always adjust that to what it should be, which is more of a conversation, more of an engagement, more of a learning perspective. Well, that's an excellent point. I love that you shared that because a lot of people do have angst about, uh, it's a form of public speaking in a way, but a lot of people have, uh, have, <laughs> have some stress around that. So the conversation approach is perfect for our listeners. Uh, that's, a, that's a nice nugget right there. Um, so I know that you're working on your PhD and after your PhD, anything specific, or you're just like, just get me over this hurdle right now. Yeah. I don't know. <laughs> See what happens. Sounds yeah. I don't know, like, yeah. yeah. It'll um, present itself probably. <laughs> yeah. Most of the things that have, um, ended up working out really well for me were things that were kind of uncomfortable and kind of scary to begin with. So I'm not really sure what that next thing would be, but it's probably going to be a little bit uncomfortable. It's probably going to be a little scary, but yeah. Um, I'm sure there's always going to be teaching involved. There's always going to be engagement and community engagement with it. Uh, but hopefully I'll be better able to engage in those discussions after I 
understand, you know, a little bit more deeply all of those data points and that kind of fun stuff and all those things that when people talk to me right now about data, it sounds like they're speaking an entirely different language <laughs> and I have no idea what they're talking about. Um, but yeah, I think that's the biggest challenge of education and, and discussion is being able to to put things in in a way that everybody can understand. So I'm looking forward to learning those things that I have to figure out how to translate and understand better myself. Right. Well, we'll look forward to talking to you again when you're Dr. Kennedy. It sounds good. Any last thoughts or advice for those who want to advance their career, but may be a little nervous about that process? I mean, I think just sometimes putting your hand up, volunteering, stepping up and risking that people, you know, might, you might feel that people are uncomfortable with it. You might feel that people are making fun of you. I think usually when I do like um, large scale town halls or uh, large scale events with with nurses now, I tend to start stuff off with really ridiculous jokes or like dad jokes or something that's <laughs> just ridiculous because it kind of breaks the ice. And it's like, well, now if everybody laughs at me, that's okay because we've already started laughing. Perfect. So breaking the ice with things that um, kind of make it feel a little less serious. I think I always, when I have to speak in front of people, I once spoke in Australia in front of several thousand people and it was the scariest thing in my life. And I kind of um, don't remember a large portion of it, but I've since like developed ways to help deal with it. Like holding a glass of water really helps making a a ridiculous joke in the beginning helps. And obviously it's got to be, you know, appropriate to the audience, but you know, making a, making a silly joke in the beginning really helps to kind of lighten things up and realize that, you know, now if everybody laughs at me, I can kind of feel like we're laughing together, even though, who knows? But at the same time, it kind of um, helps to lighten the mood a little bit and, and feel like it is what it is. And I'm going to go out there and do the best I can. And I, I would assume everybody else is doing the best they can too. So yeah. trying to lighten the mood always helps. Excellent advice. Thank you for that. We hope you've enjoyed this episode of Second Career Nursing featuring Jesse Kennedy. We encourage you to familiarize yourself with the other courses that are available through EliteLearning.com and help to help you advance your own career. We really appreciate you listening. This is Leanna McGuire for Elite Learning by Calibri Healthcare. This podcast featured content from an accredited CE activity provided by Calibri Healthcare. Visit EliteLearning.com slash podcasts for accreditation and disclosure statements and instructions on how you may be able to earn CE credits. Take your learning to the next level by subscribing to more podcasts on compelling healthcare topics.